0: This is a CBC Podcast. Hello! Before we jump right into this week's episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast called Side Note. Side Note is hosted by Greg Brown and Mitch Moffat of ASAP Science, which is a really cool channel about science. I like them a lot. Every week they tell stories and debate about a controversial subject while splicing in all the research and mind-blowing science to keep you entertained while simultaneously becoming smarter. Greg and Mitch are obsessed with sharing science, but in a personal and comedic way. Subscribe to Side Note wherever you get Ty. Asks why. I want to talk about death. It's a dinner, I-, I know, but it's just, I've kind of been curious about it. About two years ago, my, my grandpa died. I miss him a lot. He always had this distinct smell. It was just such a welcoming smell, you know? He And he wore this dark green sweater. I can just remember, you know, like all the hugs in that sweater. His apartment always had this distinct smell that I feel like always emanated from that sweater. So my mom has the sweater now. Someone bought the apartment. It's such a weird thing. My grandmother tells me that in the Vietnamese tradition, after a person dies, their soul is just kind of disoriented. You know, like, wait, what's going on? For exactly 49 days? But, like, what happens after the 49 days? Where does he go? Thai asks why. I'm Ty, and this is my podcast, Ty Asks Why. There are so many good questions that you just you want to get answered. How do we fix climate change? What is love? Why do we dream? Should you trust your God? And what happens after you die? I don't really know where my grandfather is. This is my brother, Ken. I think his body's gone. And, like, his consciousness is just gone. Um I think he's right there. His box of cremated ashes are right in front of me. Ty, your voice is getting, like, <coughs> you, no, your voice is getting, like, that thing. You're getting sad, Ty. It's okay. He's alive in a way. Not as, like, a ghost, but as, like, as, like, something. Scientists will never be able to know because, like, let's say they need someone to die um, so that they could make data on that. How would they make data on that if the person is dead? Kin's right. There isn't enough data. Yes, some people have these near-death experiences, and they talk about, like, the lights at the end of the tunnel. But the fact that they've told us about this means that they didn't die. I kind of feel like science isn't really going to work this time. So I thought I might turn to religion for some answers. I want to interview a Buddhist because my grandparents, they're Buddhist, right? And, you know, my dad is technically Buddhist, although he doesn't really celebrate it. And, like, I'm just interested to see what Buddhism has to say about death.
1: There is no real short answer for a question that is so profound.
0: This is Zenji Neo. He's actually a chaplain for Olympians. And not only has he met the Pope, he's also met the Dalai Lama. So, like, this guy must know a lot about Buddhism.
1: The main belief in Buddhism is a very scientific way of looking at things. Energy does not disappear. It usually assumes another form. And therefore, the belief in Buddhism is that when you die, your spiritual energy does not just disappear. It assumes another form. And that form can either be in hell, or it can be on earth, or it could be in heaven. In terms of hell, hell is not a permanent place in Buddhism. Hell is like jail. So if you've got really, really bad karma, you go to jail And then you have the chance of being pardoned and you have the chance of probation. So in Buddhism, nobody goes to hell forever. Then comes earth. Now, earth, of course, is the most uh, interesting part of it. If you are reborn on earth, you can either be reborn, let's say, as an animal or you can be reborn as a human being. There are certain criteria which would help decide what would be your form you would adopt.
0: Yeah, like maybe if you're an ant, but you're like a really, really good ant maybe you'd come back and this time, like, be a beetle and just maybe work yourself up.
1: Excellent. You've got to learn certain spiritual lessons in this lifetime.
0: Like, in the same way that, like, a punishment itself isn't necessarily all bad. You get punished so you can learn from that.
1: Absolutely. And if you, with deep, genuine remorse, ask for forgiveness, they will give you a chance to go directly to heaven, which we call jodo in Japan or Sukhavati in Sanskrit. Basically, it's heaven.
0: Now... I like to think of religion as a system that helps guide you in things like decision-making and values and virtues, but I also think it's a method to help cope with some of the world. How would Buddhism comfort and explain death to people who are like grieving or people that are close to death?
1: The language of love is universal and so is the language of pain and suffering and loss. Too many people are scared and they're petrified and when they die, they die in such a negative state, you know, full of sorrow and anger and dreams that did not come true. And that's not the way you want to leave. So our first mission would be at that time to try and generate within that atmosphere as much positive energy as is possible. And so we would try and tell them, don't worry, don't be scared. This is a part of the journey, you know, and it's going to be all right.
0: But at the same time, you don't you don't want to lie to them. I like to think that I'm an atheist and I don't believe in some sort of, like, God or afterlife. I like to be very, very scientific. But, like, I was born as Buddhist from my bloodline and, like, I think it's cool. Like, I think all religions are cool, but I just don't really think I'm ready to just, like, choose one. Would it be possible that I was reincarnated, but I might have been reincarnated from someone who believed in a different religion? And my old life, maybe I was a Jew or a Catholic. Maybe this one I'm following the science path, because maybe I would just want to try them all out for a lifetime.
1: Perhaps in a previous life, you had many questions, you had all this curiosity, and you were not satisfied with the answers. And so maybe you've come back right now to complete your journey.
0: I don't know if my granddad was reincarnated, but, like, he was a fishing extraordinaire. He would just come back after a little bit of fishing, and he would bring back dinner. For himself and the entire neighborhood. He would bring back like a hundred fish. And I remember when he took us on a fishing trip, I was like a puny little tie. And then the fishing rod almost like fell in. So I would grab it and be like, ah! the fish almost ate the rod. He helped me grab one, then we just together just yanked it out. Just flopped around and he said, Yo, oh, you catch such a big fish. It's a good memory like, I wonder what my mom thinks happened, because it's her dad.
2: I wanted to ask her where she thinks he is now. I don't really know, but I do spend quite a lot of time thinking about that. Oh. Yeah. You know, when mate died, when my dad died, and his ashes are just sitting in our house, I like to think that when I finally get around to sprinkling them in the ocean, which is what he wanted us to do in New Zealand, that a shark will eat them, and so he'll become part of the ecosystem, part of like the fish life and the sharks. He'll live on. I don't know, maybe when we die, we just die. What what do you think happened to him? Well, I think
0: that the energy that he possessed due to physics didn't just disappear maybe it just went on and did something else it's it's cool to think of the idea that you know maybe it became a star
1: hmm.
0: the soul shouldn't just be wasted you know it should be repurposed
1: hmm
2: yes i don't know you know i've never dreamed about my dad though since he died he hasn't come into my dreams even once and that has surprised me because I had this thought that he would like, his energy would visit me in my dreams. But he hasn't come once in almost two years. So I don't know, I'm questioning what I believe now.
0: Or maybe he's just like busy being a star. We
1: as Christians know that our loved ones who have died and have gone to heaven are going to a better place, that they'll never suffer again, and they've actually gone to the place that God created them for.
0: This is Father McGordy. He's a pastor at the St. Peter's Parish. How does Catholicism help people deal with the loss of another person?
1: The great theologians of the church who talk about God They say that in heaven, there's no such thing as time. Because time is something that you and I know because we live in this finite world. And so time is not something in heaven. I almost like to think that if and when we get to heaven, we'll say hi to all the people we know. We'll see God take our seat. As soon as we're ready, the the people are gonna be coming in behind us that, that we left behind. But it's the ones on earth who know time, who live within time, who suffer that loss of the person that they care for and can't be with.
3: So now we are in the sanctuary. The inscription here um, is, um, loosely translated, for love is stronger than death.
0: I went to Dar Noam Synagogue to ask Rabbi Tina Grimberg about death.
3: When God creates the world, God creates animals and nature. But it is only a human being that is created with God's breath blown into its nostrils. So that is the breath, that neshama, the eternal part of us that lives with us while we're here and also lives on after we die.
0: But then what happens to the soul after that?
3: Soul returns to God. And overall, I spend very little time of my day thinking of what the world looks like once we die. Actually, Judaism, in general, concentrates very little on that part of reality. And the reason is that we have too much to do here. At the funeral of a Jewish person, you do everything to take care of the one that died. Everything, with great honor, Lowering one into the ground and then covering by your own shovel, not by shovels of strangers. But as soon as the grave is filled, you concentrate and put your attention towards the living. They need to be comforted. They need to have a purpose to go on.
0: How does Judaism help people who are in grief or sorrow of death?
3: I think there are several stages of grief, and we don't know those stages till we enter them. I've buried many people, and I work as a rabbi. I buried many spouses, but I've never been a widow. And this year I am. So it's different, right?
0: It's hard to bury someone, just try to understand and comprehend the concept of how they're not with you.
3: On the back of everything I do is the face of my husband throughout all the day. Death is hard, right? Our rabbis uh, write in one of the wonderful stories in the Talmud about the student who misses his rabbi so much after he dies. And he cries for him and cries for him. And then the rabbi comes to him in a dream and says to him, don't worry, don't worry, live a great life of learning. And the student asks him, what is it like to die? And he says, in the end, it's easy. It's like taking hair out of a cup of milk, just silently. And he says, but the fear of death is so great that I would not come back to this world.
0: You said God gives us his breath, like a a part of him that gives us our soul. Yes. Do you think our date of death is determined because of how God Needs to breathe. He gives out <laughs> his breath and then he needs to breathe again.
3: But I don't think God needs our breath. Uh, I think God has enough breath in his oxygen tank. Okay. Right. I don't think so. But um, you're asking something that is a mystery. There is something we need to do here, and when we're done, we softly, softly enter the night and hopefully move towards a greater light. But what we do here that we do well, that lives forever. Everything that has an end has a meaning. So for example, you and I have only short time together right now. Because you have to. Go back to school and i have to go back to my appointments mm-hmm. and because we have this precious hour or half an hour or maybe a few minutes we want to say to each other which is truly authentic we don't have all the time in the world
0: if we didn't die if we just lived forever like life would get really repetitive and eventually you just get worn down because it's just it's lost its meaning
3: i think if you got it right
0: Now, the Dalai Lama is said to be a person that has so much compassion that after he dies, he chooses to reincarnate himself again and again, just so he can help people over and over again. If the Dalai Lama doesn't think death is bad enough that he doesn't want to do it again, maybe death is as easy as Rabbi Tina said and is just pulling hair from a cup of milk. It's just everything around it that's hard. The fear of death, and missing the people and the things that you left behind. No matter where he is, I love him. Kian, I have one final question. Do you not want to think about death anymore and appreciate each other with our life? Yes. Oh, I'm not crying. Yes, I don't. Death is like... Death is like... Bad. So let's not worry about it and just treasure what we have. Okay. Okay. Afraid of death. I'm just afraid of leaving. Dying is easy enough, but the build up is hard. so much for listening. I'm Ty Poole. This show was produced by Veronica Simmons and Yasmin Matern. Our digital producer is Olivia Pasquarelli. Today my guests were Zenji Neo, Father Michael McGordy, and Rabbi Tina Grimberg. Thanks to Crystal Duhame for the editorial assistance. The theme music is by the legendary Johnny Spence. Also, big thanks to Johnny for helping me write and record the death song. Next time on asks Why dreams.
3: And this wall that
2: felt so cool and nubby, just like a brick wall should, it was actually made of dream stuff.
0: Till next time, I'm Ty. Keep asking why. Hey, there's another podcast you should check out. It's called Sleepover. I was actually a guest on it back in the first season. Pretty much, Sookian Lee brings together three complete strangers for 24 hours to talk about what's difficult and try to make it better. You should really listen. It's awesome. Here's a taste. I am 13. I'm in high school. I realized I was trans when I was 8 years old, but I didn't see the problem. I need help realizing that the world can be horrible and that it's not all... Puppies and rainbows. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.